goes on The beat goes on Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain la da 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 dee la da 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 Charleston was once the rage
that we call um, the Human Solution International. I gotta check and see if this is Craig first because he doesn't usually call this early. Yeah, this is Craig. We're gonna start the show up. This call is from Real early. So I'll finish my introduction after Craig. This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. Hang up to decline the call or to accept. Dial five now. If you wish to block. Hey, Craig, how's it going? Hello, Joe. I'm calling real early. We just got an announcement a ways back that for some reason, in a few minutes, they're going to lock us all in the cell. Oh, crap. We can talk until they announce it. All right. Well, I, I, uh, Apologize for last week. I was I was in Puerto Rico and I thought I was gonna be able to do a show from the island, but I couldn't pull it off. So um, I uh, just I, I didn't have a good signal where I was at. So I'm uh, glad you called in early. So uh, what's what's going on out there in Terre Haute this week? Well, as you know, this week it's been cold. Yeah. And I guess, 
you know, if you can catch the right demographic and feed them the right mixture of fear and misinformation, you can try to, you know, rally some troops to your support. But the, the real truth about cannabis is that it's helping people dramatically more and more every day. More and more people are, are coming aware and, and trying it, and, and yet we still don't have a single death that's directly related to cannabis use. So, you know, it's one of these things that I think the the war of attrition is on our side for sure. I think so. And the, the one thing that's really surprising me is from more and more corners, I'm seeing is that they're trying to make a marijuana civilization a racial disparity issue. And uh, I'm not a fan of that because I think that's adding something to the equation that we really don't need to put there. Well, I mean, if it works, I'm fine with it. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's um, we live in a world of people, and as long as we live in a world of people, there's always going to be the, you know, the pet projects and the, you know, there's there's a lot of problems with society, and people being locked up for cannabis is one of them, and racial disparities is also one of them. And, uh, yeah, there's probably a place where the two come together, but the truth is it really – if you get to the core of it, it doesn't matter what you look like, and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what color your skin is, and it doesn't matter about any of it. It's about the concept that a plant that grows in the ground that has no lethal dose to it could be considered something that is so terrifying that it needs to be regulated and control, controlled tighter than the most dangerous substances on the planet. And I, one thing I've also noticed is our marijuana wave seems to be a worldwide thing. Uh, just as of uh, the beginning of the year, Greece has started giving licenses to uh,
Craig gets precedent. He's, uh, if you don't know who Craig is, he's a man who is uh, living in Terre Haute, Indiana, where he's currently serving a life sentence uh, for pot. And um, this is at the same time where there's billions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars being made by hundreds and thousands of companies. And there's all kinds of um, legalization uh, efforts being made. And every single one of those legalization efforts either falls short because of the, the authors of the legislation being afraid to be bold enough to just free this planet, or it falls short because the authors of the legislation are major corporate interests that don't want everybody to be involved and don't want everybody to have it. And because of that, every single bit of legislation that's moved forward has fallen short. And what I mean by fallen short is that it always leaves a place where the plant is still a crime. And I listen to people all the time, and I, I, I keep talking about, you know, the, the evils of Facebook and, and how I, I pull away from it more and more. And, and, you know, every day I hear some story about a Facebook tantrum and, and some reason why I don't know why I even go on the thing anymore. But the truth is there are so many people that believe that this plant needs to be regulated to a point where it just makes no sense. Do you guys know that the FDA, now there's there's lots of people out there that, that are just die hard. If the FDA doesn't approve it, hell no, I don't want anything to do with it. Don't want a thing to do with it if the FDA is not involved. But do you guys know that there was a giant heart medicine recall that was an FDA-approved drug? And this drug was being made in China with FDA approval. Turns out, when nobody was watching, they were tossing in carcinogens, cancer-causing chemicals, into this heart medication. And somewhere down the line, they caught up with it, and they had to recall it. Meanwhile, are people going to die? Yeah, who knows? Could they? Might they? Maybe. This is FDA-approved stuff. Now, again... I say this, can you show me a single case, one case, even one case, where cannabis was the direct cause of a death? And I don't mean somebody was driving a car and they got in an accident and they had smoked some pot and they died. That could happen. I don't mean somebody brownie and had a bad moment and jumped out a window. Well, my guess is there's something more going on than that brownie. No, I mean actually poisoned. That cannabis caused you to die. If there was a single case of that, guess what? We would be hearing about it and it would be repeated over and over in every news cycle and every minute of every day you would hear about the person that died from cannabis. See, we told you. No? Not a single one. And I'm not saying it's 
everything for everybody, and I'm not saying it's even good for everybody. All I'm saying is that it has never killed anybody. And FDA-approved substances kill people every day. And to measure your sense of safety by a government entity, I'm going to question you. Because when was the last time your government really had your best interest in mind? I mean, really, your best interest in mind. Can you really, like, lay something down on me that says, oh, no, my government loves me, here's how. Because I'm pretty sure if you dig into it even a little bit, you're going to find, no, your government doesn't so much love you. Your government loves what you give it. Your government loves to feed off of you because it has to. But your government doesn't love you. Your government loves itself. And your government loves those people that help it to thrive. And your government loves the companies that build its economy. And all of those things that go along with it. And I'm not here to have a giant economic, political discussion, but I just want to have a philosophical discussion about this plant that, for whatever reason, so many people feel that it needs to be so regulated. What about the children? What are we going to do to protect our children? Do you know that there are very potent vape cartridges out there? Yeah. You know, there's potent whiskey out there, too. Just go and get it. I remember as a 12-year-old kid, we used to go and pimp alcohol. We would hang out at a liquor store until we'd find some guy who was 21 years or older to go and buy it for us. And we'd give him an extra 10 bucks, and they'd buy it and give it to us anytime we wanted. Totally breaking the law. Regulated as hell. We never got caught. We weren't all that ingenious. There's ways around everything. So the idea of regulating something without really laying out the framework for it, like what is really your reasoning? Yeah, think about who's sponsoring these bills. Think about who tends to benefit. Look at the big money behind some of these big cannabis companies. Do I even have a problem with them? No, I think everybody should have a right to do what they want with this plan. But I say don't limit those people who don't have the big money just because the people that have the big money have that ability. I say think for yourself. I say if you don't like the fact that there are products that appear to be marketed to children, then don't support them or protest them. Exercise your rights. Be vocal. But don't call the cops. Don't call the government to go fix our problems. These are our problems. The government is causing a lot more problems for us than they're fixing. So just my thoughts. All right. So anyways, as we were starting out, um, I actually have a YouTube I got my computer now, but I can't talk and log in at the same time. And so I am going to bring on our guest. But before I bring on our guest, um, I just want to – normally these shows I have a a bit of a dialogue, a monologue, a a yap session. 
I talk about what's on my mind, and then Craig usually calls in around 5.20, 5.30. So I got knocked off my feet a little bit because Craig called in early because they were having some kind of a lockdown. But Craig Cecil represents why the human solution exists. And I want to be really clear. The human solution is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are not a lobby group. We are not pushing anybody's legislation. We are not pushing any elected official. We're here because we don't think that anybody should ever be locked up for this plant. We're here because we believe that people should have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, right? Makes sense. That's what we said in our founding documents of this organization that we call the United States of America. Seemed to make sense. We live in a world that isn't what it seems to be. We live in a world where policies are dictated by powerful people like they always have been, by people with money and influence, by people that are elected to office. And we live in a world that doesn't make sense because prisons, were designed and built for a purpose, a purpose that was twofold. One was to supposedly rehabilitate people who had done wrong and caused harm to society and to punish them for their deeds, but in many ways, more importantly, to protect society from these people that were causing them harm, to remove them from society, to keep them separate And the crime of cannabis, possession, cultivation, distribution, sales, whatever you want to call it, I sat in many courtrooms all across the country, and I have sat in sentencing hearings all across the country, and I have never, ever in a sentencing hearing seen the prosecution present a victim or a victim's family. And in any violent crime, in any other crime, even property crimes and white-collar crimes, in most cases, there will be a victim and a victim's family. So we're taking resources, our tax dollars, and we're putting them to law enforcement that are supposed to serve and protect us, supposed to keep our society safe, and we're wasting those resources on not violent issues and not issues that have victims. There are uh, thousands and thousands of untested rape kits out there, meaning there's thousands and thousands of people that have been raped, and the effort's not being put to figure out who did it or punish them. As Craig Cecil has said many times, you know, please treat me like a violent criminal because most violent criminals don't get a life sentence where he did. So we 
have a lot of things that don't make sense. So the Human Solution is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We're a charitable organization, meaning, and we're a civil rights organization. So we support people that are victims of the drug war. We also have um, efforts to support disabled folks, veterans, and Native American groups. Primarily, our focus is on cannabis prohibition and the victims of cannabis prohibition. We've been around for almost 10 years now. This year, we're in our 10th year. Uh, we've been a 501c3 for going on five years now. And we have helped out people all along the way. We've uh, supported people in courtrooms. We support prisoners. We've raised money, although we don't focus on that so much. Our money is that we raise, we put towards education. Um, uh, we've, we've put together protests and rallies. We've uh, done letter writing campaigns. Um, we've hosted events. We've done all sorts of different things for the purpose of upholding, supporting, and promoting civil rights. And specifically the civil right of each and every one of us to possess, cultivate, sell, distribute, transport, manufacture things with a cannabis plant. Pretty simple, pretty simple concept. Any plant per se, people go, well, what about the coca plant? Now, what about it? What about mushrooms? What about them? What about peyote? What about it? You know, these plants are very seldom responsible for anybody's death. Now, if you turn them into a toxic substance or refine it to a poisonous uh, product and you poison somebody with it, well, that's just like pouring antifreeze in somebody's Gatorade. Yeah, you're poisoning them. It's the same. So when I talk about cannabis, I'm not talking about it from a ridiculous point of view. Well, what if somebody, and you come up with some crazy thing that in some loose way is tied to cannabis? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the plant itself, the true reality, the concept, the, the pure nature of this. That's all. This plant by itself should not be a crime. So what I've noticed as I've gone down this road in the last 10 years working with a lot of volunteers is that there's three basic types of people that I've found, um, generally speaking, that are part of this movement. And there's a lot of retired people or disabled people, and I believe that they're able to put time into something. So if you're not able to work or you don't have to work, um, it makes sense that you'll do something that you find important. Um, so that's one kind of group. There's a lot of, of disabled and retired people that, that, that help out. There's also um, a number of people that help out because they're in the middle of a case. And so while they're fighting for their case, they will often fight for other people's cases. And I certainly support that. That's how I came into being a cannabis activist. I guess I've always been an activist of one sort or another. Um, but I didn't jump into this particular activism. I mean, I fought for my collective before I was arrested the first time. 
But I wasn't really fighting for everybody else at that time. I was fighting for my rights. Um, but once I got attacked and arrested and, and charged with crimes, I realized what a ridiculous thing was going on, and I started fighting for other people. And as I started fighting for other people and we started to get victories and we created this company, this this organization, this nonprofit, um, and we started doing things to help people out and we started getting volunteers and people coming together, one thing that I learned was that the great gift comes from helping other people. You are blessed by giving a blessing. It's just the way it works. It's the the the, the secret. Um, there was a time when we had a lot of people pledging to volunteer. Very few of them ever actually volunteered, but a lot of people pledged to volunteer at one time. And when we were building up, I don't know, we had 30, 40 chapters at the time. We were really a big organization before we had, you know, sort of slimmed down to the A-team mentality we have now. I used to put up ads on Craigslist and other other sites, and we would talk about, I would talk about the things that we did, the things that I was looking for volunteers for, and I would always talk about the compensation for that as unlimited intangible benefits. But it's true. And the people that make this effort, this effort of fighting for civil rights, you know, last week was uh, Martin Luther King Day, or maybe it was this last Monday. Anyways, recently. And I have uh, spent a little bit of time learning about Martin Luther King, and I was very young when he was killed, so I never personally connected with him. But he was a person who had a dream. He wrote and delivered a, an amazing speech um, with that name. And in that speech, he, he dreamt that one day uh, men would be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And if you look at that on its face, or at any level of depth, it applies across the board to all these things we're talking about. You know, why not let merit be merit? Why not let this plant be this plant? Why, why, why throw it in a category that it doesn't belong any different? And again, I am not here to, you know, dig up, you know, racial sores or anything like that. This is, it, it's, it's a philosophical conversation, but any more than a man should be judged by how he looks or, or, or what he believes or, or what his propensities are. How, how do we get to do that to a plant, too? Or even worse, a man or a woman that chooses to be part of this plant. You know, how do we do that? And so... Martin Luther King was, was not about violence. He was about change. He was about peaceful change. And I think that these ideals and ideas that he proposed and, and advocated and, and was able to rally people for, I, I think that we should consider and continue. And I, it's the concept of all of this. You know, 
Why not rise up? Why not rise up and be better? Why not make this world a better place? Don't you think it would be a better place if people had more freedom and there was less disparity and less oppression? Maybe less oversight and regulation when it comes to our own personal lives, you know? There's reasons that there's oversight and regulation because people and companies take advantage of things. And there are certain things that, unfortunately, I don't know what the real best answer is, but regulation seems to keep some people from doing some things that cause harm. But this plant, this plant has yet to kill anybody in its life, ever, in the whole history of it. And I think to myself, I wonder if we could just rise ourselves up to a place where we got that. And so what I want to do, I want to give a blessing to everybody that's been a part of this, anybody who's listening to this show, anybody who is part of the human solution today, anybody who wants to help in this madness that we call prohibition, anybody who's who's doing or has done anything to help anybody that's been victimized by prohibition and, and, and the likes of it, I want to give a blessing right now, a blessing that each and every one of us has a thing that we need to be blessed, and I want to give that to you. And so I take a moment and I, and I give that to anybody who's who's here and helping out. Um, and I do that for the reason that I think we need to spend more time blessing each other, doing good things, putting our minds to to the solution rather than always uh, always being stuck in a spot where we're reacting to a problem. My final thought before I bring on our first guest is um, I got an opportunity. As I said, the human solution has been growing in a, in a dramatic way, not in a gigantic way in the sense of, you know, we're getting steady new members and the organization's growing, but we're growing in a sense that we got people coming together that are really taking action. They're actually actually acting, and we're, we're building uh, some projects that are, are impactful, and I think you're going you're gonna to be pleased with what 2019 does with and for and from the human solution. But I have an opportunity to, to, to give a presentation to, uh, to some health practitioners and some doctors and some people that um, potentially influencers. And the presentation I'm going to give is about the adverse effects of prohibition, the adversities that um, have and can be dealt with that, that you might have to uh, deal with if you choose to use this medicine while prohibition still exists. And in my conversation, and I haven't written it all out yet because I'm, I'm actually going to ask for your help, is I'm going to be talking about not only in a world where cannabis is completely illegal and nobody gets to have it, but also in the world where legalization is here, where some people get to have it sometimes for some things, and some people get some things in a certain way. Um, but not everybody can afford it. Not everybody has access to it. Not everybody can get what they need, and it still remains a crime. So I'm going to be talking about all that. I think I get 10 minutes. So I want to hear 
from anybody who's listening, or or you can send me an email, or a, I don't know. Try not to Facebook me. It's kind of the worst way, but I do uh, email or or from the website thsintl.org. Uh, if you can send me a short uh, summation of an adversity that you had to overcome or had to deal with because of your choice to use cannabis, uh, I'd like to hear about it. I want to be inclusive in this, and I and I think that I have a wealth of experiences that are adversities, but certainly there are plenty more that, that I'd like to bring to the table. I, I have an opportunity to, to shine a light onto a darkness that people don't necessarily uh, know is there. So anyways, that's, uh, that's my little tirade for now. We've got uh, Jeff Eichen, and he has a movie. And um, he's here to talk about this movie. And I just met Jeff not too long ago. And Jeff's an old timer, you know, one of the one of the folks that uh, was around when the when the pioneers were out there pioneering and doing their things. And um, you know, Jeff and I got along pretty good. We had a good conversation, and I believe that we had uh, a lot of common ground in our notions of, of these things, you know, and, and, and the idea of, you know, legalize it being a crock of shit, the idea of passing some legislation being the answer to everything, um, when in a lot of ways it's it's the problem. Because all the people that were fighting stopped fighting. All the people that were rallying stopped rallying. All the people that have the ability to make this change stop because they can go to the store and buy it now but they can go to the store and buy it because they got enough money the guy who doesn't have enough money he can't go to the store and buy it because he doesn't have enough money and the guy who needs a whole bunch of it well he can't have a whole bunch of it because you can't grow enough of it to make a whole bunch so the people that were criminals before that needed it most are still the ones that are punished the most and the people that need it the least and the people that have the ability to do with what they want, they benefit the most. And I'm not saying anything specifically about that, but I think the fact that Craig Cecil calls in every week from Terre Haute, Indiana, where he's serving a life sentence for pot, now that says something that needs to be addressed. The fact that Aaron Sandusky is still in federal prison because of pot, and he was doing something in a way that California said you could. Following the law, and I was sat in every day of his trial. I knew him before he got locked up, and I know him today. And he wasn't doing anything different than the people that are doing it today are doing it. And he's serving a 10-year sentence in federal prison today. That's the thing that's not right, and that's the thing that needs to end, and that's the thing that nobody's fighting for anymore. So, Jeff... He's got a movie out, and he's going to talk to us about his thoughts about all of this. And he's got some great ideas. And here's that without any further ado, Jeff Eichen, welcome to the show. Good, can everybody. Can, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can, loud and clear. Welcome. Hey, good good afternoon, um, Joe, and Hamp Hamp Hooray. That's what Jack Herrera used to say on the radio. Absolutely. So tell us about I'm yourself so glad. and 
Tell us I'm about so glad uh, to you know with what you. Go ahead. Hey. I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so glad that um we're aligning and we're we're planning the organic um green leaf uh planetary right now so we can end prohibition. We can release all of our prisoners for plants and for nonviolent crimes. Um last night by chance I had streaming while I was editing some film um late night um Spike Lee came on and on late night and he was talking about his film about reform and about consciousness. So through film, my medicine for the rest of my life, as long as I live, is going to be dedicated to raise the awareness that nonviolent criminals, especially plant prisoners, which we call marijuana, cannabis, uh, gentle human beings that were just decided not to drink a beer. They wanted to have a joint instead. That was their choice, but it was illegal since 1937. Um, planetary. America started this crap, and we're here through film, and my movie is Lifer's Madness at lifersthemovie.com, everybody. Um, I'm just so blessed to be part of um, helping a couple um, people come free after 33 and 21 years and raising the level of noise that we need to make on the planet, including your show and the human solutions. We need to be louder than the dark media. Oh, I couldn't agree more. So tell us about this movie. My movie began three years ago when I was talking to Sharon Whitson um, at HempFest, okay? Sharon is the beautiful soul, um, along with Vivian, who started HempFest 20 years ago in Seattle, the largest gathering for um, hemp-related um, 420-ness in, on the planet. And I'm so blessed mm-hmm. that on my birthday, she said, I'm sponsoring two lifers, Jeffrey. And I said, what's a lifer, Okay. To this day, I talk to cannabis people, and I say, my movie's about lifers in prison for pot. And they go, there's still people in prison for pot? And I say, yes, three strikes, you're in. And so when Sharon, three years ago on my birthday, told me this, that she was sponsoring he and, um, and one other prisoner, I started crying and I said, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my days to photographing, to raising the awareness and getting louder through film and media. The fact that this is still wrong. It's always been wrong. And I want to help to change things. I have helped to change things and I'm learning so much. Well, I couldn't agree more. I've, I've, uh, you know, had the, uh, I don't know, good fortune, I suppose, to spend some time with Sharon. And um, I think it was either three or four years ago I was out there. I can't remember. Um, but we were involved with her sponsoring those those inmates. Um, and, uh, you know, Jeff Mazansky and uh, Jimmy Romans. And um, I think she was sponsoring George Martorano, too. And two of the three have been released, and um, without a doubt, I, yes. 
And Sharon, Sharon's an amazing woman. I, um, I have worked with her, you know, when we volunteered at the Seattle Hemp Fest, we actually ran one of their booths, and uh, it was quite an experience. But um, I've run into Sharon at, at a number of other events in other places as mm-hmm. well. And, uh, and Vivian as well. Vivian's a great guy, and, and um, it's inspiring to see people that are, you know, walking the walk. And I find all the time when I'm talking to people, especially here in California, where, you know, it's been 20 years since we passed, more than 20 years, 22 years since we passed our uh, first medical law. And, you know, people just have always, sort of not understood what that's all about. And people always say to me, well, weed's legal. And, you know, that's just such an ignorant statement because the idea of something being legal doesn't even embrace the the whole picture. You know, a lot of things are legal if they're done in a certain way, in a certain number, in a certain, you know, whatever you can... Uh, line all these little dots, but if they're not done in that specific way, then they're illegal. And if they're illegal and they decide to go after you, you can lose your your money, you can lose your property, you can lose your freedom, you can lose your job, you can lose your kids, you can lose your life. You know, we have one of our members, um, Dolores Halbin, her husband died as a result of a cannabis case. And uh, Christy's in my film. She's in my film. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and this is all, uh, that whole scenario with Montana cannabis, that was legal. It was all legal. Yeah. How'd that work out? No, it's not the answer. We got to, we got to end this. We got to end it once and for all. And it's got to be reckoned. It's got to be reckoned with. Well, you asked me to describe my film. My film is a six-part episode series, episodic series. We're we're pining for a few different things with my film. Uh, the six-part series to go to Netflix or Amazon or Hulu to um, have the series funded and raise the awareness about the medical aspects, about the um, uh, industrial aspects, about the medicinal aspects and about the nutritional aspects and the PTSD aspects of this beautiful plant that grows everywhere and anywhere um, for, um, for us to not decriminalize it, but as we heard at the Drug Policy Alliance in Atlanta um, at their conference a year and a half ago, we heard that we need to re-legalize pot because when our prisoners come home, they will, if we re-legalize it and, and ultimately decriminalize, re-legalize, and end prohibition, then they will be able to get work. Because when Jeff came out, he was still on parole and he still had a record. And so people don't want to hire you if you got a record. But you're not a criminal. For all I know, Jeff Mazansky was in, I mean, I do know, Jeff Mazansky was in for uh, two grams, two and a half grams in an envelope and that's less than a joint for his third strikes for 21 years, for God's sakes. So this gentleman was not a raper. He was not a murderer. Murder two gets 13, 14 years. Murder one gets 20, and he got life. 
And so the balance has got to happen. And through film, my film and my episodic adventure, we'll talk about the families. We'll go interview families. We've already in, interviewed some inmates and prison prisoners. And we've, we've talked to the leapers, which are the policemen that have flipped. And they had one, one time thought that drug lords and people that took drugs were bad people. And now they don't think that. And so we've interviewed them. We want to expose through film um, and our film series and raise the money um, and get Bill Maher, get Snoop Willie and Melissa Etheridge and Woody Harrelson on board so we can kick the ass out of our government and just end it so they can tax the heck out of us and balance the budget. Well, I mean, you know, that's, and I agree with, with a lot of that, but here's something that I want to consider. And, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dreamer. I don't mind dreaming big. I don't mind dreaming all the way to the end. And I, and I have to wonder, now let's just say, let's say that you had a, a genie that gave you three wishes and you were really smart and you took the first two wishes to lock in that third wish that it was actually going to be a real wish and nothing was going to go bad. <laughs> and you thought to yourself, you thought to yourself, I got one shot at this. And this is the thing that's important to me, and I want to make it right. I want to make it the right as can be. i got all the power in the universe to cause my world, my paradigm, this universe to be the way I want it to be. Now, if that was the case, and you had all this power, and there was no consequence that was going to come back and bite you in the ass, would you choose to be taxed to grow a plant? And would you choose to say this is okay and that's not okay? Or would you rather choose to say, I don't know, why can't it just be a plant? Why can't it just act like all the other plants? I'm just asking, what do you think? If you had all that power and all that freedom and liberty to take, what would you choose? If I was king, I would have all plants on the planet free and a choice to use the most dangerous things of anything on the planet, um, including Everclear and, you know, plutonium should be coveted and should be very, very watched. But yes, you're correct. Totally. That we should not be taxed for marijuana, but because there's an issue, my theory of slowly and speedily, getting it taken care of is that, you know, Monsanto's going to have bell bottoms and a green Marlboro hat on the Marlboro man one of these days, and he's going to have a green toxic cigarette that they're going to make with, with crap inside the paper. And so I don't believe in that, but because it's coming, it means that instead of us keep going on the black market or being rainbow about it, which is okay because I do believe you're correct that no plant should ever be taxed. But because alcohol is taxed, there's a certain paradigm that is not working in the states that want to mimic alcohol taxing, but there's a way that we can have one initiative across America that allows us to just get our prisoners home and just get hemp fabric and hemp toilet paper made on the planet. We need to stop cutting trees for paper 
and we need to stop using concrete. We need to have hempcrete. So any way that I can see to get it, I'm okay with being taxed on it for the time being, okay? And I just think that's that's an easy way to um, to not pull any wool over the, the government's um, eyes, but to follow a little bit of, of the alcohol paradigm, which is seems to be working. Even though alcohol is less safe than cannabis, still something that's legal. You can go to a bar, you can get yourself drunk and they and, and not take a taxi home and if you're lucky, not get pulled over. So I want a green Uber and a place to go smoke out and the green Uber takes you home and you pick your car up tomorrow. Well, I um you know, I I, I agree with anything that gets us closer to our goals and I'm gonna be the voice of I don't know the voice of the dream. I'm, I'm going to continue to be the voice of the dream. And I, I I, think that if we can wake people up, you know, this is about awareness, I think, more than anything. And I think if, if people can answer that question that I just posed and, and give me a reason why not, any reason other than, well, like you say, you know, it's coming and we can't stop it, so we got to do something. And I, I, I understand completely your rationale. And I and I'm I'm being a bit of devil's advocate here because I you know it's just my nature and hell it's a radio show it makes for good conversation, but the truth is <laughs> the truth is though I mean I think what what do you think would happen if enough people started seeing this vision if we started to create this dream in our minds you know that's where everything that's where everything starts every. Everything that has ever been built, everything that's ever been created, every song that's been written, every poem that's been written, everything that's ever been done started out as a thought. And I and I have to think that if we're busy thinking about taxes and if we're busy thinking about ways to appease our oppressors, rather than why not think about our utopia? Why not think about that thing that would work for us without thinking like Here's the thing, and I and I, I get into mild conversations with people about a lot of things because I don't take a political stance as to my own specific, uh, you know, political bent. Other than I'm more or less a libertarian, and I'm more or less against, you know, the government oppressing us. Um, I have to say, in most things. You know, if if you're completely right-wing, there's a place where conservatism can collapse. And if you're completely left-wing, there's a place where liberalism can collapse because something has to hold it up, right? There's always got to be somebody's got to pay for whatever it is you need, right? And so that's why, you know, these extreme ideal ideologies very really can't work or I don't maybe they could, but they don't seem to work because there's always that tragic flaw. However, this is different because this doesn't require anything from anybody. The, the genetics are out there. The seeds are out there. The water's out there. The soil's out there. The ability for people to grow their own medicine and do as they see fit with it is out there, and it wouldn't take anything away from anybody if it was to happen, if it was to just today. You know, here's, here's all they would have to do, Jeff. And it's the craziest thing. People don't realize it. You look at how many laws are on the book today, right? And the criminal code in the 
in the health and safety code and in the, the civil code, all of these laws, right? We have 600 and some legislators out there on the federal level and thousands on the state level whose job it is to make laws. We've got all these people making laws all day long, right? And all we would need to do is pass one single law that took a line and wrote it through the word marijuana on the Controlled Substances Act. Just take it off. And that would fix it all. Be done. It'd be over. <clears throat> we wouldn't have to have hundreds of pages regulating and deciding and figuring out. All you'd have to do is remove it from that schedule. And that would change well, it all. We we messed up by it becoming global and that everybody's afraid of it. Um, for God's sakes, um, you know, psilocybin is going to become legal in a matter of weeks in, in Oregon State. And so things are turning. There is hope. And through um, radio shows like yourself and passionate people, the dream will happen. It is happening. It's not happening too slow. It's happening pretty much on schedule. Um, we got rid of Jeff Sessions, and, and the dude behind him is pretty dark also. But we just have to let them see that, um, that we're not going to back down and that um, we're, not gonna, we're never going to get violent. We're stoners. You know? <laughs> we're full of love. You know? <laughs> you know? So that's not our nature. Our nature is not to make the movie called Star Wars. And when did you see Yoda? He was gone for 20 freaking years, and he was the most magical, beautiful being in Star Wars. So the magic has to come back to Mary Poppins, which they just made, I saw, and it was a beautiful movie, and the original one was beautiful too. It was not any any heckle and jekyll. Nobody was beating each other up. It wasn't. It wasn't Bugs Bunny and the Silly Wabbit getting shot in the fucking cannonball ass and chasing after humans in cartoons. It was the fact of the matter, as I just saw um, uh, Mary Poppins, and it was beautiful. We have to stay connected to spirit, to the earth, and to the reason God put all of these plants here, from Ayabogain, from ayahuasca, to everything that you can imagine. You know, I, I was with Fantuzzi in and, and and you know, and I was with um, uh, um, a bunch of L.A. people at Timothy Leary's house during a campaign where Bruce Margolin was running for office. And it was just such a beautiful time. Jack Herrera was alive and we were playing music at Timothy Leary's house, you know, in the back room, you know, with a lot of beautiful incredible plants, you know, and not just 420 marijuana, cannabis. It was just so beautiful to have the freedom to freak. And once that's back, once Oregon is the first state to, to recognize psilocybin for PTSD, then the pharmas won't go away, but we'll have less radiation and chemo for, um, for the alternative for the, for the option when you have brain tumors and cancer. We want a cannabis hospital so we can know. And I talked, to, I, I talked to Patch Adams at the country fair this summer, and I said, give me a couple beds in your new hospital and have a specific doctor to let me know what strain and how much for what I have. We don't have any more um, uh, medicinal 
shops in Washington. They got rid of them because of greed, and there's no place to go to get information of what strain to use for prostate, brain, or epilepsy. And so we need what did to end to this prohibition. What did, what did he have to say? I, I've never met him, but I, I, I saw a, a speech that he did, and it moved me um, deeply, and uh, I always wanted to meet him. What did he have to say about that? What did Timothy Leary have to say or, no, or Patch, Patch Adams? Adams. Patch Adams. Patch Adams said that that he's building a 16-bed hospital right now because they closed his other hospital down. He's building a 16-bed hospital, everybody. That's going to be free. You can come and get better, okay? Or Correct. you can get um, – I'm not sure if it's in California or Arizona. I'm not sure where he is exactly, but I was with him. And anybody that wants to talk to Patch Adams, call – his website number. He doesn't own a cell um, uh, a cell phone. He will call you back. He called me back. No so I'm gonna look that up. The bottom the bottom line is is that um, um, the gods have lost all my Oregon Country Fair files on one little hard drive this year, and so it's one of the first times that I've lost information. So I have to re-interview him this year, but it's okay. Um, I love re-interviewing people. We get it better the second time. But he said that, that he would consider consider a cannabis two beds out of his 16. I said, I wasn't greedy with him. I said, give me two beds for cannabis, specific. I said, give me two beds, man, in, in, in the Patch Adams Hospital for cannabis and bring on the, the canna nurses that are sexy and I'm old and I get to have a canna nurse and I get to have my medicine that is gentle and non-pharmaceutical. Well, that sounds like it. a plan. I'm going to reach out to him uh, tonight after I get done with this show. That's that's. Uh, that's it. I call just... him. He'll call you back. I promise. Everybody, don't blow Patch's phone up, everybody. Stagger it a couple days, but he will get back to you. He's a gentle rainbow soul. He is phenomenal. Well, that is fantastic. So, you know, when you and I were talking, um, you had some ideas. You know, you you brought up reaching out to some of these celebrity folks, and we have um, uh, one person in particular um, from Kansas who had connected with Melissa Etheridge at one time. I don't know if she's still connected. I'm going to reach out and find that out. But um, the reason we want Melissa is we want to begin our CD and concert restitution fund uh, from Lifers. It's going to be our soundtrack. And when Snoop, Willie, and Melissa get on there, it'll be huge. In the meantime, all you 420 musicians, send me a song at lifersthemovie.com or find me on Facebook, Jeff Eichen, E-I-C-H-E-N. And you can um, get involved. My CD without the superstars yet, it's going to be called Homegrown. And all the proceeds, or the majority of the proceeds, are because we have to pay the, the the people that are you know making our 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 CD. So, bottom line is, we want to give every prisoner when they come home thirty thousand dollars in a trust fund for food and shelter as our gift to them for spending all those years in jail. Well, I think that's a great that's idea, and uh, you know we have. 
it's one of the elements that people don't necessarily realize. And, and at one point, uh, we had a lot more uh, prison outreach as part of our organization. But um, you know, many of the people that were championing that have gone on to do their own work. And at the time when we were kind of at our peak of, of you know, involvement with with this, we had a tentative plan to do a reentry project. And um, that was something that we had addressed, you know, five years ago. Um, it's not just the fact that you've got people locked up, but as you mentioned, you know, once you get locked up, your life has changed forever. And um, even if you get, you know, your record expunged, it doesn't disappear it. And if you, you know, they call it the, uh, the what do they call it, the check the box or something like that, at the bottom of every application for a job or for financing, if you want to buy a house or if you want to buy a car, if you want to uh, rent something or if you want to get, you know, any of these things, adopt a kid or, you know, you think about anything that you need to fill out an application for, there's generally a box at the bottom of that application that says, have you ever been convicted of a felony. And even if your record gets expunged, you have to check off that box. Because if you don't check off that box, it your record being expunged doesn't mean it disappeared. It just means it doesn't show up in a certain way. Most of the time, anybody that is fielding applications will have plenty of people to choose from that didn't check that box. And most of the time, if you check that box, you're basically saying, nope, throw me away because I'm not going to be accepted. And that's a big part of what we're talking about here. When we talk about uh, reform, when we talk about, uh, you know, uh, justice, we talk about, um, you know, changing the prison system and changing the way we, we, you know, America houses more prisoners per capita than any other nation even the most oppressive nations out there don't lock up as many prisoners as we do here in the U.S. And we've, we've got well, to change the way we think about that. It's not because it's a private, you know, involved, you know, system and blah, 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 blah. It's we have to reteach them. We have to reteach the people in charge um, that the punishment should fit the crime. And we got to go back old school. We got to get rid of three strikes. We got to get rid of everything that doesn't mean anything. And in the meantime, through media, through concerts, one tour, we could raise a million dollars. And everybody that comes home gets $30,000 for $1,000 a year for being in jail. What the hell? No pizza, no dates, no movies, no whatever for 30 years we're going to give them the ability to get back on their feet at feet uh, at reentry in a big way, you know? And so if we get Snoop, Willie, Bill Maher, Woody Harrelson, Melissa Etheridge, you know, I'm wearing my Johnny Cash hat tonight. We just get everybody that means something. Um, and if we don't, my homegrown CD, which I'm starting right now, and I'm taking applications for beautiful 420 music, I want to crank that, and, and a dollar goes to every freaking prisoner in a trust fund so they can have money when they come out. So let me ask you, um, if somebody, uh, there's a number of musicians that are and have been involved with our, our organization, 
Um, and a long time ago, five or six years ago, we were working on on a protest song uh, album that never really got finished, but um, we did have a number of submissions over, over time. Um, so if somebody wants to submit a, a song or, a, or an idea for a song or music or, or whatever, an artistic uh, rendition of something, how would they do it? Uh, they would give me their CD baby or wherever their film is online, or their film, their, their songs are online. And, um, and, and I'm pretty good. I mean, I like Peter Tosh, legalize it, don't criticize it, you know, and the, the new kids are singing a little harder and faster. And, and there's a lot of really great tunes out there and it doesn't have to be a 420 song, but I want, I want a song that is about freedom and I want a song about 420, and I want a song about um, justice. So that's going to be in our first homegrown CD for, um, and they, they just send it to my uh, lifersthemovie.com. You can find my email there, or you can just go on my Facebook, Jeff Eichen, um, or Lifers the Movie um, uh, at Facebook. So Jeff Eichen is J-E-F-F-E-I. C H E N everybody, and otherwise, um, you, everybody can find lifersthemovie.com and find me. Um, but we're amping that up. We're getting that ready. At 4:20, I want I want you, Joe, and I want all of us to end up at Bernie's because Bernie's has already given Bernie Sanders has given us their their restaurant um, to have to show our movie and to have a little concert and a restitution CD party on 420 in Los Angeles. Cool. So um, so your movie is, is able to be viewed. How, how would somebody uh, be able to view it? Uh, you can go to, okay, everybody who's listening tonight, I will give the free code, everybody. Um, massively um, watch it together. Um, and if you have more than three people on a Sunday with a vegan potluck, I'll have Jeff Mazansky or myself call in to talk to you live, and uh, that's a bonus. And he was in jail for 21 nine for pot, and he's just a sweetheart. So these are the bonuses. Uh, you go to lifersthemovie.com, everybody. That's lifers, as in lifersthemovie.com, and there'll be a link at the top. You go to rent the movie. And when it says rant me, rant me, rant me, it'll say enter promo code, and you put in lifers with a capital L, 420, just the numbers, lifers 420, capital L. And you all, by listening to this beautiful radio station tonight, can watch it for free, lifers420 at lifersamovie.com. Excellent, excellent. And, you know, I always like to, you know, from any guest I have, if there's something that you are trying to accomplish, I, I try to target specific goals. And so we've got one goal of getting, um, you know, music submitted to, to this album. Um, another goal of, of reaching out to these celebrities that you that you mentioned, if anybody has a, a connection to any of these guys, um, you know, to be able to reach out. Is there any other specific goal that you would want to lay out to all the people listening right now? 
I'm emotional when I talk about my friend, uh, Brian, who had his leg amputated on Monday, and my friend Charlie, who was cracked open with a burst aorta, who makes the most beautiful hot chilies on the planet, and he was my smoking buddy and kinetic sculpture guy, and he's in bed. And my friend, um, who serves medicine on the Big Island, um, is going for radiation therapy on Thursday, um, which is tomorrow for six weeks, and he just had a brain tumor. I just want the plant to be free. That's my dream. That's my hope. And I want a cannabis hospital in the next 12 months. I want it to be realized so we can have actual place, you know, not just a, a, a pamphlet or, yes, we need a dictionary, but we need also beautiful human beings to walk compassionately up to us when we're healing and coming back to life. I want definitely, definitely a cannabis hospital. Well, that's uh, you've got a lot of good things going on here, and I definitely, uh, hey, I, you know, that's how we do it. You, you dream big, and you accomplish a lot. That's, that's, that's the way we do it. So I 100% support uh, your dream, and, in fact, I, I, I see you one and raise you one. I, I want to take it all the way back to before we had uh, uh, governing bodies telling us what the hell to do. Um, so I am 100% your ally. I pledge the support of our 501c3 to help out in any way that we can, and I would love to, uh, you know, find a way to uh, to join forces even better. One of the missions that we have here with the Human Solution in 2019 is to specifically align ourselves with individuals and groups towards a certain project. So I think this would certainly qualify. Um, I want to offer to you the use of our website to promote this project as a joint effort um, that we can say, look, you know, this is we maybe we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll put some little thing for Human Solution members, um, you know, to be a part of of this in some way. But I would like it if you could uh, to put together. I don't know, something that outlines what, what you're looking for as far as um, this, and we can create a page in, in our call to action section of our website that we can include, and it'll give you more um, exposure and uh, reach out to uh, a captive audience, if you will. I will bring on um, a one, two, three for you, a hand parade, and um, if everybody puts their there are three fingers up, not backwards. That's that's for gangs, but they put their three fingers up. Here, I'm going to Canacon tomorrow to meet with Andrea and Nick, uh, the the big mama and son team at Canacon in Seattle, and I'm going to represent us there. But last year I held up three fingers, and that's a W, everybody. But hold it forward, and then when you put um, the peace sign down, you put one finger. That's three, two, and then you put the other one down in your middle fingers out there. You go one. So three is weed, two is peace, and middle fingers, F schedule one. So three, two, one, everybody. I love you so much, and I love you, Joe. We're going to totally rock this together. I call it my farmy. We're going to plant seeds, hemp seeds around the planet, and we're going to be soldiers in the farmy. I love it. Well, I appreciate you checking in, and uh, I welcome you back anytime that uh, 
you have an update, and if you want to send me um, the, the copy that you would want us to create a page for you, I'd be glad to get it published on our site. That's fantastic. And what is um, – oh, and next time you say, you say hello to Craig for me, because um, I've talked to him many, many times um, on the when, – when the girls here in Washington um, had him on every week also. Well, I will uh, mention you to him next week when he calls in. He, he, he's called in this show every week for the last, I don't know, four or five years. So um, The next I person I'm getting, I'm, the next person I'm working on um, is Michael Thompson, everybody. We want Michael Thompson yeah. and, and freaking Lance Glore home. I want to talk about Michael Thompson real quick. Um, I, I met with uh, Dee Dee Kirkwood today. And I've been working with Michael Thompson for about at least five years. And um, his friend Claudia Perkins came to us about five years ago, and, and she reached out to Tom Corby, who's our uh, NorCal chapter coordinator and one of our lions out there in the field. And uh, Tom brought – she had sent him a whole packet about Michael's case, and um, Tom – brought it to my attention, sent it all over to me, and I started talking to Claudia, and then eventually I started talking to Michael. And, um, you know, Michael just went through a pretty rough rough patch because he's got this uh, uh, relative who's a state senator, and, and he really thought that uh, this guy was going to really be his ticket out. Um, but when everything played down um, at the, this last, the end of this last election cycle, the governor didn't give him his pardon, and um, you know we've come to find out that it wasn't things weren't the way we thought. And his his uh, nephew was more of uh, a politician than anything. Anyways, um, you know we have a call to action, a letter writing campaign. I got a line to Neely. I got a line to Neely. I, I'm going to Neely. Neely, I hope. I, I, you know we're not calling and, anybody out. We're gonna we're gonna do the best we can, man. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, Neely's not our answer. What we have is another another route we're going. And um, Dee Dee has just engaged uh, the help of a of another uh, of a new plan. And I'm not going to lay down the specifics of it yet. Um, but we have engaged a new plan, and um, we have our current letter writing campaign going to the new governor of Michigan and our hope is to bring attention um but Neely is not our answer anymore and we thought he was but he's Can I not. tell you can I tell you how how Jeff and George got free? I know how George got free uh but I don't know about Jeff. I went inside the prison and filmed Jeff and we made more noise. It wasn't me. I don't take credit for it. Jeff just when he speaks, he says that that people like Jeff Eichen and Lifers the movie made people open their eyeballs when he came into prison and he filmed us. So if we get on the nightly news, dude, with Michael Thompson, let's do it. Let's send me, let's send me to Michigan. Let's send me in there and let's um, let's get me to film him and interview. Um, even if I can't film him because they said no cameras in there, but I can do a uh, a recording with him. The fact of me making noise and coming in there, I'll set up other meetings and other media days 
while I'm there, you can come with me, and we'll just have a ball, and we'll make some noise, and the governor will hear us. Well, I'm good with that. I think um, I think that what we need to do is sort of carve out a good plan and get uh, you know get the the community support that we have aligned up with this. So we've got more and more people that are are coming aware that there's a new governor that we have a way to reach a person of influence, and um, that's not that's not stuck in in you know multiple uh, terms. She's brand new. And uh, I think we can get this done. I think we're in, we're in the right position. More and more people are becoming aware of Michael's plight, and um, I I've made it my personal mission, or one of my personal missions, to uh, to see him to the other side. And Dee Dee's been uh, just an angel in this, and she's um, you know taken a lot of the heavy lifting off of my plate. And she's been engaged with Michael and and uh, Claudia and and and. The rest of the team just so diligently. She talks to Michael every day, and um, you know we're 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 trying to be the not only the hope but the way out. So um, I am very pleased to have you part of this team, and uh, or to be part of this team with you. Either way, I, apparently we've both been doing it for a while. <laughs> so. Um, anyways, I'm I, um, so excited we, that we're going to join forces and bring Michael home because you know what he's good for? Our concert tour to raise a million dollars for the rest yeah. of the Boham. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, Jeff. Well, I've got a bunch of other guests on the line, and I'm running out of time. So I appreciate you uh, coming aboard and telling us all about your project. And uh, I appreciate you uh, joining the team and being a part of the human solution as we are making the road to freedom, the end of prohibition and the world where we get to, I don't know, live our lives. Wouldn't that be nice? Three, two, one, everybody. And I've got Mickey on my desktop here, an old Mickey Mouse watch. And guess what time he said at? 420. <laughs> All right, folks. Jeff Eichen, and uh, we will be uh, in Greater contact very soon. Thank you so much, Jeff. I'll see you, everybody, tomorrow from Canacon in Seattle. It's a big event. If you're here with us, come down. I'm going to um, to promote ourselves and to uh, get some great interviews. Love you all, and thank you so much, Joe, for all you're doing. You bet. LifeFirstTheMovie.com. Okay, folks, uh, we've got... Just enough time for all the rest of the guests. Uh, let's see. we got Creed Leffler on the line. We're going to bring him up first. And then we have Kevin from Mississippi. I, Kevin reached out to me um, through Facebook. And as much as I keep wanting to completely disengage with the cesspool of Facebook, somebody always pops in just at the last second and uh, and then – ends up being uh, somebody we want to talk to. So I, I have not yet completely cut it loose um, because it's still a beacon out there. We need to be a beacon. And then, of course, we got Tom Corby with the NorCal Report, and I think we got just enough time for it all. I think uh, George Marcherano is going to be calling in. i got to send him a little uh, reminder, but I will do that right now. So let's start with Creed Leffler. And uh, he's got a question for us, the last I checked. 
Creed Leffler, welcome to the show. We now have um, 7,316 signatures. We now have 7,316. Well, we're gaining on it. Gaining on it. Yeah. Um, you broke 7,000. That's great. Yeah. That's really good. Um, I was wondering if I could be um, on the show next week through video so people can meet me. Um, I can. I think Lisa knows how to do that, and I think you know how to reach out to Lisa. So um, she handles the live feed on Facebook, and um, that would be fantastic to have you join the live stream. That would be great. Okay. Um, and one, one thing I also shared it with 14 groups. I'm a part of. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, that's, you know, that's part of what the key to this. I did this week. I, I did already this week. 14 groups? Yeah. I shared with 14 groups. And, 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 and the page that I'm an admin of. That is fantastic. Well, I think that that's the key to our success is working together and joining forces. And, you know, we all have our own network. And everybody, when we have a... a a platform that can get everybody's message out, like this one or other people's shows. You know, uh, Pete Yaple's got a show he does, and there's a lot of great shows out there where people get to uh, communicate and and share their, you know, uh, events and ideas and plans together. Um, it's 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 the way that we can take this medium of of social networking and um, you know the what do you call it, the uh, alternative media that we are, and uh, get it to reach, get it to reach the people that need and get the changes that we want to see. Can, can you get me in contact with the movie guy that you just spoke with, please? Yeah, it's Lisa, Lisa Wildridge. You you know her. She's going to reach out to you. Um Either right now or, the or after the show. The movie. The movie. Oh, oh Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, I can. I will. I will. Um, Lisa will send you a link to his to his page, and then you can. Um, she'll she'll send you a link to his website and his Facebook page. I'm gonna do it right now, Chris. She's gonna do it right now. Oh. Okay, thanks. You bet. All right, Chris. I look forward to having you join us tomorrow. 
or next week, I'm sorry, um, on the video feed. That'll be great. Um, All right, we'll see you next week. Creed Wessler. Uh, you can start right from the beginning of the show. It starts at 5 p.m. Pacific time, Wednesday. So Five it to is seven. my time. Yep, exactly. So it would be 8 to 10 your time. Okay. Excellent. We'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. All right. Bye. Creed Leffler, folks. All right. So now we got Kevin. And uh, Kevin messaged me uh, a couple of days ago. And um, he had a situation where he got uh, pulled over, profiled, um, beat up a bit, and... um, you know, charged with some stuff in a way that shouldn't have been. And people don't realize that these uh, abuses of power that happen, uh, happen all the time. They happen, um, they happen in the Deep South. They happen on the West Coast. They happen on the East Coast. They happen whenever uh, we let it. And what I mean by that is that we don't do anything, we don't do enough when when there's an abuse of power by, by law enforcement or anybody in a position of power. We're not outraged enough to get enough done. And I'm not saying that there isn't some outrage, and I'm not saying there isn't people doing things. I'm saying it's still happening. It's still happening, so we're letting it happen. I want to lay this down. And, and, you know, I've been fairly consistent with my messaging uh, for the past 10 years. And when I spent six years battling the government, I didn't blame the government. This was my, my problem to fix. And I brought it upon myself. And I've owned that. I let my government get to a place where it locked me up for a plant. And I can't help but wonder... If we weren't to take charge of our own, the responsibility for our own paradigm, you know, this this world we live in, it's the world we live in. We let this happen. It didn't happen to us. And it happens over generations. But we let it happen. We didn't stop it. And... The government is doing what it's doing to us because we let it. And the corporations are doing what they're doing because we let them. And all the things that are going wrong in the world are going wrong in the world because we let them. And I can't help but wonder, what if we took a little responsibility for those things that need changing? I would advocate that we might accomplish more if we made it personal like that, maybe if we saw that our, even just our thoughts and our visions and our, and our intentions and our words and our, and our ideas and our prayers and all of those things, maybe those have as much of an influence on an outcome as anything else. Maybe drifting in the wind and complaining about things and whining and bitching and moaning isn't enough. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, if collectively we started wanting to 
see the world the way we wanted to see it. Maybe carve out a little plan to make the changes necessary. I don't know. Maybe we might have that world. You know, in Houston, a bunch of cops got shot at. Five of them, I think. And uh, they were serving a warrant on a a, a drug house, they called it. And I believe that, you know, this was a a heroin operation. And uh, they come knocking on the door with their warrant and a couple of guys inside opened fire and shot five cops. Well, all I can say about that, and I'm not, you know, I don't want to get too um, controversial about this thought, but the thought is, I wonder if we were to put more attention at those kind of problems and less attention at the low-hanging fruit of cannabis crimes and profiling people on in cars and actually just going out and doing police work and actually there's there's plenty of cases that could be solved that already have all, all that they need to do it. I can't help but wonder if we might not clean up some of that violence. I don't know. I can see why they would rather go after the pot people than the junkie people and the tweaker people and all the other types of 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 drug and violence type folks. That doesn't make it right. We talked about this last week, that there's not a rape task force anywhere in the world. There's drug task force and there's gang task force and there's graffiti task force and there's immigrant task force and there's every other kind of task force, but there's not a rape task force anywhere in the world. I got to wonder, what if we demanded our resources, our tax dollars got spent on cleaning up this mess? I don't know. wonder what would happen. Anyways, I got Kevin here from Mississippi, and he's going to tell us a tale of uh, abuse. And, um, you know, he's cautious about uh, giving too much because prosecutors, you know, could uh, hear about this and, it's a story that might go away on its own. He might have to dig in. If he wants to if he needs to dig in, he needs to be able to reach out to folks. So Kevin, welcome to the show. I appreciate that you called in. How are you doing and uh, how's your hand? Can you hear me? Kevin from Mississippi. I don't know what's up. We don't have a good connection, so I will uh, see going once, Kevin, going twice, Kevin. Yo, Kevin. All right. Well, Kevin, if you do, or if you are listening, um, you can hang up and call back. We've got 24 minutes left of the show, um, but I don't know any other way to get a hold of you, so... Anyways, Kevin, if you're listening, just uh, hang up and call right back because <clears throat> we put you on and you were nowhere to be seen. I'll see if I can't reach out to you. So, Tom Corby, I'm going to put you up next a little bit early. And uh, George Martorano just confirmed that he's going to be calling in, but he's not in yet. So, Tom, you're up, and let's see what's going on. 
Tom Corby, the lion from NorCal. How's it going today? Uh, okay. Uh, I'm here with Frank and Ann. Uh, we're just headed to the hospital to see Donna. And uh, How's Donna doing? She, yeah. yeah and, and, uh, and, uh, she's doing better by the day. And she thanks both of us for what we're going through. My thing with my back and hers. Um, uh, thank you everybody for all the, uh, positive, uh, healing vibrations sent, sent our way. Uh, kind of caught me off guard when we talk about Michael Thompson back when five years ago, uh, we were really busy then, of course. Uh, we spent at least half our time in the courtrooms. And when that big package came, I never got had from uh, Claudia Perkins, bless her heart. I've never seen a package like that when I sent it down to you. Pretty sad when you're keeping, because he's black, he's proven he was targeted, and he's still in jail for four twenty-two caliber guns that don't even fire their antiques so it's a sad situation uh, all, all the folks in jail for our sacred plant and uh, I always want to thank everybody on the front line show Lisa Mary Becca on the front line all those all the great talkers today coming together joining forces and volunteering, that means we do not get paid, folks. Uh, it's probably going to cost you. And to find the end prohibition, uh, no one should go to jail for any plan. And uh, that's our goal and vision, the human solution. Uh, I have Frank Canan here today. Without him, uh, he's, thankfully, he's, had, he's had, <laughs> had experience in caretaking. And uh, he's helped us so much. Frank Wentz might want to say a couple words. Hi, Joe. Hi, Liz. All the top of the hey, Frank. Uh, how's it going? It's going every day. He's moving along. Well, I appreciate everything you're doing up there. You've been a huge help to the Corbys, which makes you a huge help to us. My pleasure. And I love Tom and Donna. I'd do anything for them. Well, we we agree, and I appreciate that you're you've been able to do it. Um, uh, you you've you've been instrumental uh, in in the good things that are coming around over there. And I'm going to try to get up there uh, in the next month or two just to hang out for a couple of days. Well, that'd be really great to see you. All right, Joe. And we don't don't forget that. We always take them on to trial. If folks, more folks would take them on to trial, we wouldn't be here today. They can't do it. Uh, we always bring a 995 dismiss probable cause motion and generally entrapments involved here also. And we throw the book at them and we make them sick of us. This is why in, in Northern California, we have very few cases left, if any. And so come and join us and help you the solution to end the failed war on our sacred plant. Do all the day, and don't forget to breathe. Uh, all right, Tom. Well, give a big old hug to that amazing Donna, and uh, you guys just a lot of healing energy heading up from down here up to you. All right. Thank you, Joe. 
You bet. Tom Corby, the lion from NorCal, and Frank Canan. Um, all right, we got George Martirano on the line, um, and uh, yeah, let's see. I reached out to Kevin. He's supposed to call back and come back. Um, so let's see what George has to say. Now, George Martirano um, is—he's uh, like a brother to me. Um, and I met George when he was languishing in federal prison, serving a life term. And uh, he is evidence of just those things I talk about. If you think about it and you will it and you push and you keep going and you don't give up and you keep a good attitude and you just do all those right things for long enough, you can have anything you want. And George made that happen. He always had a great attitude, uh, a prolific writer when he was locked up, a, a teacher, uh, a mentor, and just a pleasure to be around in spite of the, the, the horrors of being serving a life term in, in, in federal prison. And because of his doggedness and staying with uh, his case and, and never slowing down, never giving up, always looking for one more way to punch through, ultimately he did. A couple of years ago, he walked on out of there. And today, uh, George is uh, getting back up on his feet, and uh, he's uh, – I'm very proud to, to not only consider him a brother-in-arms and, and a compatriot in this battle to uh, uh, to bring liberty and, and, and freedom to the world, but uh, – uh, we're, we're, we're brothers from another mother. We're working together on a lot of projects, and I, I'm excited to uh, to be part of his world. George Martirano, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Joe. How's my West Coast family and my West Coast family out there? Hi, uh, Kurtwood and the rest of the girls. Anyway, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is one week today that uh, I opened up the Hip Temp Cafe in Philadelphia, and uh, as soon as we open the doors, we're doing very well, and uh, people are coming in, and uh, most important, uh, that I, I noticed a lot of a lot of ill people are coming in and want the CBD products, and so, and we're there, we're there helping. Our staff is trained. Uh, you know, we, we we're not saying we can make miracles, but we're there listen and recommend and hopefully uh, you know you try the CBD products but it's amazing and uh, I don't know if you know Joe that we went viral did you know we went viral I didn't know that but I'm glad to hear it yeah it's, yeah, it's called uh, the program is called uh, nowthisweed.com nowthisweed w-e-d well uh, one of the uh, parties from that.com they came and they did a three-minute film of me just, you know, uh, telling a little bit about myself in the cafe. Well, we're up to, I think, three hundred, almost 340,000 views. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, 340,000 views. Yeah, I didn't, wow. know, I didn't know that. I, I learned every time you do you do 100,000, that's viral. So we went viral three times, and now we're bordering on, four, on the fourth time. I love and, it. Uh, You're gonna be yeah. a pandemic before you know it. Yay! Yeah, yeah. And uh I'm also I'm I'm headed to Washington D C. Uh we already uh 
got that show on the road. We're going to be opening up the second Hip Hemp Cafe in our nation's capital, which I'm very excited down there because, you know, I want to want to put a spokesperson platform down there. Uh, you know, we have to, uh, I believe in our, in our lifetime, we're going to definitely see cannabis drop from a Schedule One uh, uh, narcotic. Uh, but I'm praying that if I can get to nation's capital and talk to the right people because, you know, even if they, the Congress uh, uh, corrects the statute, if they don't use the word retroactive, that means our those poor people, uh, the guys and girls in jail for cannabis, don't, don't get any relief. They don't use the word retroactive. And uh, as, I don't know if uh, everyone knows, Israel's, the country of Israel's parliament ruled unanimous to export cannabis. So that happened uh, two days ago. So I'm sure the, uh, the president of uh, Prime Minister of Israel is going to try to get Congress to uh, drop it from the schedule. One, because they, let's be frank, they want to sell the cannabis to America. Of course they, they want do. to be able to export to America. So uh, I think that uh, things are going to be happening. We're going to probably see it uh, sooner than later. But they don't use the word retroactive. That means some poor guys and girls that are in federal prison or uh, in state prison are going to remain there. So, uh, and then I already thought about if that happens for the worst, I'm always thinking about uh, designing some kind. I know how to approach that. If they don't use the word retroactive, that means you have to go back to your judge. Now, the judge will be more receptive if it's not a Schedule One narcotic. The judge will be more receptive, but it has the motion has to be prepared in the right light. I'm gonna I'm gonna be working on a standard motion, standard motion, federal motion that I will give get out to everyone languishing, still languishing in prison for cannabis. But let's hope, let's hope they, let's hope and pray they use their word retroactive. So. Well, I think you know part of what we need to do is we need to be beating that drum, and making sure that our representatives know what what we need to have happen. You know, there's just no reason that we have anybody that's locked up uh, for a cannabis crime when we have businesses that are in in business open. We have licensed farms and manufacturing productions and storefronts and all of this stuff. And at the very same time, we have people that are facing a lifetime behind bars without any way out unless we do something. So I totally agree and we're not going to stop until everybody's let out. That's 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 our commitment well, to this. I said I'm excited. I'm excited to get down to D.C. and hopefully have a hip hemp cafe there. And uh, there's a lot of organizations that know me, uh, working good organizations for change, but they they haven't been doing much because they just don't know how to dress this administration in the right light. But like I said, Israel. Uh, they need to sell it. They need to export to America. I understand they have some pretty good strains there, cannabis. So they, this is their target, uh, this country. So I'm sure that they'll, they're going to request the White House to, to change the statute, uh, to get Congress to change the statute. I don't know uh, how quick it would move, but I think it's headed in that direction. 
And uh, like I said, without that word rector, have the four souls will still be in. So, but anyway, uh, getting back to my Hip Hemp Cafe, uh, I love the name. I think it's the coolest name in the country. And hopefully, uh, what I like about it, uh, the bottom line is, we already we we already supplying jobs. We're already supplying opportunities uh, to people uh, to earn a living. And, you know, it's a lot of hard times. We're going to be doing mail order and delivery service throughout the city. And it creates income. It creates income. We already have some great people working, and they wholeheartedly believe in the, 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 the world of CBDs and to help people. We have some great – everything in our, in our place is CBD-infused, everything. There are coffees, our, our, our teas, our cakes, our cookies – and also we have the retail products. And incidentally, uh, uh, Joe's going to be coming uh, in uh, real soon. Uh, he's, uh, he's attached to, uh, he's my friend, he's attached to anything I do, but he's, he's coming in as a, uh, a consultant on a regular basis. So we definitely, we have a lot of good people here waiting for to talk to you, Joe. So we can't wait. Oh, to I have can't you. wait. I'll be up yeah. there, and I'll be bringing a nice fat package along with me. Well, you better bring a coat and a hat. Get the package. <laughs> <laughs> I will bring it's a coat and a hat for sure. <laughs> it is cold. Like, uh, we have, uh, uh, you can't, I mean, forget it. It is cold. And, Maybe uh, I'll bring uh, some of that California weather with me. What do you say about that? Put that in the jar. I'll sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my yeah. best, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, George, yeah. well, two weeks and a couple of days, I'll be up there. All right, so love everybody, and uh, I'll be out there. Just give me give me some time, I'll be out there. That sounds great. I look forward to it. George Marcherano, folks, uh, All right, he's, he's rising up and uh, going to take over the world here. Got to love it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, All right. everybody. We'll talk soon. All right, let's see what we got. We got a... Ten minutes left to go. Let's see if Kevin is back. Kevin, you there? Kevin, going once. Going twice. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin from Mississippi. Kevin Edwards. Kevin Edwards. All right. Well, I tried twice. I don't know what else to do. Um, well... I want to talk for a moment about the human solution and uh, how to be supportive. This organization has always run on the engine of volunteers and and, uh, the goodwill of people, and um, we've never been a huge fundraising organization. Years past we did, but, you know, egos and personalities turned that into not as good of a thing as it could have been. So we do everything on a real grassroots level now. But one of the things that we have to offer is that as a nonprofit, a 501c3, we're the only nonprofit that I know of that has run an international organization with the amount of reach that we have, and there's no administration overhead. Every single member of our leadership team is a volunteer. Every 
every project that we do is all volunteer. There's not, uh, you know, anybody that donates to our organization. 100% of the funds that get donated go to our printed materials, our operation of the website, um, you know, anything that we do that is uh, um, an organizational project. That's it. We don't do a lot of big fundraising, but we do have a couple of fundraising opportunities. So the first thing, simplest thing, is just be part of the organization. Be a member. There's a 420 membership, which we appreciate because, you know, every month you kick in a cup of coffee's worth of cash and it doesn't hurt you and it helps us. We, we, we run off of the 420 engine for the, for the most part. Um, then we have a 630 uh, twofer, which is a couple, two people, husband, wife, partners of any kind, join as two for one. Um, and we have a number of those uh, memberships. And then we have sponsorships and all other types of, uh, of donations. And that's available on the website, thsintl.org. Uh, the second thing is a brand new thing, and it's a, uh, um, a cup of joe coffee. And there's a company that has uh, – created a coffee uh, as a fundraiser, and it has a cup of joe emblem on it, and um, it's actually good coffee. I bought the first two pounds of it, and $5 of every pound is donated to the Human Solution. Yay! And it's good coffee, and it's a decent price, and it's a, it's a great way to do it. So on the website, T-H-S-I-N-T-L, um, right there on the right, you can go and buy yourself some coffee, and uh, uh, again, five bucks out of every pound goes the human solution. And then the third way is maybe even the easiest. Um, anybody that uses Amazon.com, Amazon.com has a feature called Smile. Smile.amazon.com is Amazon.com. So if you log in as a Smile account, what it does is some very, very small percentage of everything you buy, they donate to the charity of your choice. And guess what? The Human Solution as a federally recognized 501c3 is on that list of charities. So uh, if you sign up on smile.amazon.com, you can uh, do your normal purchases just as you would, and um, you don't have to do anything. It doesn't cost you anything. Amazon pays a very small donation to the charity, and it's another way that you can be helpful. So, and maybe most importantly is um, you can donate your time. Come be part of the A-Team. Help organize in your area. Help to start a chapter. Um, support a local case. Um, help us on one of our numerous projects. Um, this is a thing that we call the human solution, and, and I really think that that's, uh, again, uh, a very powerful statement out there in the world. And there are problems everywhere. Problems are easy to see, easy to spot, easy to smell, easy to feel. It's easy to go around talking about problems all the time, about everything. You know, rah, 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 rah. But you know what's hard? Is coming up with an answer. Coming up with a solution. Being positive about something. Um, being unifying, join forces. Let's solve these problems. They're right in front of us. They're not hard to find. But let's be a part of the solution. 
I invite you, I welcome you, I dare you, whatever it takes, I uh, encourage you to be a part of the solution. So um, that's it. That's what I've got this week. I've got actually a couple of minutes shy of the finished product, and I think you're going to get a few free minutes this week. So until next week, I appreciate everybody that's been here. I hope that you're feeling the blessings that have been bestowed upon you earlier in the show already, and if not, they will enact very soon, and let's see what Willie has to say about it. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my mind.